Hey guys, Ed from Paranormal Inc. Ohio. I'm going to check in with another podcast. Uh, I know that we have missed some days on Facebook. Uh, <clears throat> I got really sick there for a while. And I'm <clears throat> still not feeling 100%. But I feel good enough to do this podcast for you guys tonight because I don't want to leave you with nothing. So tonight we're going to do a podcast on the Salem Witch Trials that happened in Massachusetts. Now we all know, <clears throat> we've heard the, the stories and we've you know read the literature and the research on the Salem Witch Trials, that it was a horrible time for a lot of people. Everybody and their brothers and mothers were witches. And <clears throat> it was just, it was horrible. The Salem Witch Trials occurred in Colonial Massachusetts in early 1692 and mid-1693. These people were just they were just hell-bent on if your livestock was like living your plants were growing and theirs weren't you're a witch and you cast a spell on their crops and their animals to die so they would say witch and it would it would go to trial and 99.999 percent of the time these people were killed over 200 people were accused of uh, practicing witchcraft back then the devil's magic and 20 were executed. I mean, this was no joke. <clears throat> it, it was bad. Um, they, they went after anybody and everybody. And it, it was it was such a crazy... It was almost like hysteria. I mean, you can say it was hysteria because everybody was just... They was going along with it. They was all about, well, you know, she's doing this or he's doing... Even men. Men were accused of being witches as well. And as long as the, the court thought that you had burden of proof then that was it you were a witch and you were to be killed in a number of ways um i know in 1711 colonial authorities pardoned some of the accused and compensated their families but it was only in july of 2022 that elizabeth johnson jr the last convicted salem witch whose name had yet to be cleared was officially cleared it took them this many years to clear this person's name. You, 1711 to 2022, it took that long to clear this person's name of being a witch. <laughs> Since the 17th century, the story of the trials have become, you know, synonymous with paranoia and injustice fueled by xenophobia, religious extremism, and long-brewing social tensions. It, it was just, these people had nothing else better to do than to blame everything on their neighbors and say that they was a witch. I mean, it didn't matter. They got mad at you, all of a sudden you was a witch. And by God, it was it was time for you to go. Um, and the witch hunt still continues to this day. Over 300 years later, people are still accusing people of being witches, which some people are, you know, they're in the Wicca, they're in the witchcraft. You know, that's their thing. That's what they do. Thank God it's not like it was back then because these women were horribly burned at the stake. They were crushed by giant boulders. They were taken to the top of the mountaintops and... They say, well, if we push you off and you fall, you die a Christian's death. If not, 
you be one of Satan's mistresses and fly away on as a witch. And they did the same thing with drowning. They throw you in the water and they say, well, if you swim to shore, then you're a witch. I mean, but what if people knew how to swim? Well, just because you know how to swim, you're a witch? <laughs> so these people just suffered so, so many things. In the medieval and early modern eras, many religions, including Christianity, taught that the devil could give people known as witches the power to harm others in return for their loyalty. A crazy thing. Just paranoia fueled that the devil was just going to give all these people the power. Now, we know from back at my Halloween episode that Devil's Night and the people believed all through these years that they could do things on Halloween night and gain Satan's power. These people were pretty much saying they were doing the same thing, but it wasn't... They, they had no no reasoning behind it to believe that these people were in, were in debt to the devil and the devil gave them all this power. It's just so crazy. A witchcraft craze rippled through Europe from the 1300s to the end of the 1600s. Tens of thousands of supposed witches, mostly women, were executed. Yes, executed. They were killed because they believed that they were witches. And like I said before, all they had to do was say, hey, she's a witch. And that was it. They took them to some mock trial that it was just, it was already, it was already just curtains for them. Though the Salem trials took place just as the European craze was winding down, local circumstances explained their onset. In 1689, English monarchs William and Mary started a war with France in the American colonies, known as King William's War. To colonists, the conflict ravaged regions of upstate New York, Nova Scotia, and Quebec, sending refugees into the county of Essex, and specifically Salem, in Massachusetts Bay Colony. It, Salem Village is now present-day Danvers. Massachusetts colonial Salem town became that's now Salem. So all this craziness that happened in the past, they changed the name of it. Okay, the, they they changed the name of Salem Village, but they didn't clear this woman's name till 2022. Are you kidding me? Uh. Anyways, the displaced people. They would run, and they were running from this. They would go to Salem, and they would just put a strain on Salem's resources, aggravating the existing rivalry between the families with ties to the wealth of the port of Salem and those who still depended on agriculture. Controversy also brewed over the Reverend Samuel Paris, who became Salem Village's first ordained minister in 1689 and quickly gained a reputation for his rigid ways and greedy nature. The Puritan villagers believed all the quarreling was the work of Satan. That the devil himself had come to this part of the world just to wreak havoc on these poor, poor people. And what it sounded like to me was that they was getting kind of upset that these people were running from this war and it was straining all their stuff, their agriculture, their, you know, whatever they needed, and they had to blame it on somebody, so they put the blame on the devil and started pointing fingers at innocent people, and the innocent people were dying. In January 1692, Paris' daughter Elizabeth, or Betty, she's age 9, and niece Abigail Williams, age 11, started having fits. They screamed, they would throw things, they uttered uh, peculiar sounds, and controlled themselves 
or contorted themselves into strange positions, like they would turn around and move themselves like a pretzel. And then a local doctor blamed the supernatural. Another girl, 12-year-old Ann Putman Jr., experienced similar episodes. And on February 29th, under pressure from magistrates Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, colonial office officials who tried local cases, and the girls blamed three women for afflicting them. Tatuba, a Caribbean woman, she's enslaved by Paris family. <laughs> Sarah Good, a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an elderly, imp- you impoverished woman. Oh my God! So yes, they they were blaming anybody and everybody for these things that they saying they were witches, that they come to do the devil's work, and that they were just destroying things just out of pure Satan-fueled fury. So at that point on, the witch hunt begins. All three women were brought before the local magistrates and interrogated for several days. Starting on March 1st, 1692, Osborne claimed innocence, as did Good. But Tatuba confessed. The devil came to me and bid me serve him. She described elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a tall man with white hair who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted that she'd signed the book and claimed there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans. With the seeds of paranoia planted, a stream of accusations followed over the next few months. Charges against Martha Curry, a loyal member of the church in Salem Village. Yes, a loyal member of the church. Even these people were pointed out and they just were, were witches. Greatly concerned the community if she could be a witch. Then anyone could... Magistrates even magistrates were even questioned. Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, whose timid answers were construed as a confession. The questioning got more serious in April when the colony's deputy governor, Thomas Danforth, and his assistants attended the hearings. Dozens of people from Salem and other Massachusetts villages were brought in for questioning of being witches. On May 27, 1692, Governor William Phipps ordered the establishment of a special court of Oyer to hear and Terminer to decide for Suffolk, Essex, and Middle Essex counties. The first accused, which brought in front of the special court, was Bridget Bishop, an older woman known for her gossipy habits and promiscuity. When asked if she committed witchcraft, Bishop responded, I am as innocent as the child unborn. The defense must not have been convincing because she was found guilty. And on June 10th became the first person hanged on what was later called Gallows Hill. This woman, this woman, because she was gossipy and promiscuous, was a witch. And she was found guilty by her peers and was hanged for this an innocent woman was hanged for no reason just a few days after the court was established respected minister Cotton Mather wrote a letter imploring the court not to allow spectral evidence testimony about dreams and visions the court largely ignored this request sentencing the hangings of five people in July five more in August and eight in September on October 3rd, following in his son Cotton's footsteps, increase 
Mather, then president of Harvard, denounced the use of spectral evidence. It were better than ten suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. This I can get behind. Because these people were just were just killing these poor people. I mean, even if they were studying, even if they was doing witchcraft, what is, why? Why would you just try to kill these people? Phipps, in response to these pleas and his own wife's questioning, as a suspected witch, prohibited further arrests and released many accused witches. He dissolved the court of Oyer and Terminator and Terminer on October 29th, replacing it with a superior court of judicature which disallowed spectral evidence and condemned just three out of the 56 defendants. And that was three too many. By May 1693, Phipps had pardoned all those imprisoned on witchcraft charges. But the damage was already done. 19 men and women had been hanged on the Gallows Hill. Giles Corey, Martha's 71-year-old husband, was pressed to death. Yes, pressed to death in September of 1692 with heavy stones after refusing to submit himself to a trial. At least five of the accused died in jail. Even animals fell victim to the mass hysteria, with colonialists in Andover and Salem Village killing two dogs believed to be linked to the devil. <clears throat> so this all is going down. And Salem is just... They, they don't know what to do. They, they see that this is getting out of control... And they want to try to change something. And in the in the years following the trials and the executions, some involved like Judge Samuel Sewell, an accuser, and Putnam publicly confessed error and guilt on January 14, 1697. Massachusetts General Court ordered a day of fasting and soul searching over the tragedy of Salem. In 1702, the court declared the trials unlawful. And in 1711, the colony passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of many of the accused, as well as granting a total of $600 in restoration to their heirs. But it wasn't until 1957, more than 250 years later, the Massachusetts formally apologized for the events of 1692. Johnson, the accused woman exonerated on July of 2022, was left out of the 1957 resolution for reasons unknown, but received an official pardon after a successful lobbying campaign by a class of 8th grade civics students. 8th grade students. It took them over 300 years for just some 8th some grade students to convince them to pardon a woman. In the 20th century, artists and scientists alike continued to be fascinated by the Salem witch trials, Playwright Arthur Miller resurrected the tale of his 1953 play, The Crucible, using the trials as an allegory for the anti-communist MacArthurism, then sweeping the country. Scholars offered up competing explanations for the strange behavior that occurred in Salem, with scientists seeking a medical cause for the accuser's afflictions, and historians more often grounding their theories in the socio-political environment it was just all paranoia it, to me it sounded like these people were mad that these runaways were trying to get from the war and they were coming into their colony and they were using their stuff so they got mad and they just 
tripped uh, a trip mine. And it just caused the domino effect downhill. They just started accusing people of being witches and it just got so out of control, out of control, out of control that it just went off the rails for a while. An early hypothesis now viewed as the fringe, especially in historical circles, according to Vox, posited that the accuser suffered from ergotism. I'm sorry, guys. When I pause there, I'm trying not to cough into the microphone. <laughs> a condition caused by eating foods contaminated with the fungus ergot. Symptoms include muscle spasms, vomiting, delusions, and hallucinations. Other theories emphasize a combination of church politics, family feuds, and hysterical children, all of which unfolded in a vacuum of political authority. Ultimately, the causes of which of the witch hunt remain subject to much debate to this day. People, I'm telling you, it was just upset people. They was mad and they started talking and making making accusations and already in scarce times and it just went downhill. In August of 1992, to mark the 300th anniversary of the trials, Nobel laureate Ellie Weasel dedicated the Witch Trials Memorial in Salem. Also in Salem, the Peabody Essex Museum, which houses the original court documents, mounted an exhibition reckoning with the reclaiming the tragedy. In late 2021 and early 2022, finally, the town's most visited attraction, the Salem Witch Museum, attests to the public's enduring enthrallment with the 17th century hysteria. So now, I mean, they're still looking down on it, which they should. I mean, these people were just going nuts for no reason, accusing these poor people of being witches and, and hunting them down, putting them through a trial, making their families watch this, their kids watch this, and just doing all sorts of horrible things to innocent people. Thank God some people came to their senses and put a stop to this. I think it's kind of crazy this poor woman had to wait till 2022 to have her name cleared of being a witch. I just, I just don't, I just don't get how people can act like that. Um, it's just insanity. You look back at some of the, some of the things that happened in history over the paranormal. Now, to my part, the paranormal happenings that go on there. In the Salem Witch Trial Museum, where the documents are, there is a lot of shadows. There is a lot of voices. There is a lot of bangs in the building when nobody is there. They catch it on security feet. A lot of people that go inside become very ill. They become very sad or very emotional, hysteric. Um, it's like they become overwhelmed with something that they don't understand. Around the whole village, they see things all throughout the night. They see people that they think are there but are not there. They see them standing there, then all of a sudden they're gone. They vanish. Um, the courthouses that are there, that were there during the witch trials, they're very, very haunted. Uh, same thing, shadows, bad smells. Um, just doom and gloom and darkness just overcomes you when you go inside there. You got to think, the witches were not the evil in this, if they were witches or if they were not witches. The evil was the people that were accusing these innocent people 
of being witches. And then if you think about it, they were murdering these people. And in their beliefs, thou shalt not kill. It just sounds like to me that they're working for the devil. Killing these innocent people for no reason. Salem is a, is, is a very hot, a very big hot spot for the paranormal. Uh, there's other stories of werewolves being seen. Uh, there's other stories of UFOs being seen around there. You know, guys, I don't, I don't go into the whole UFO thing or the werewolf thing. Um, I believe that there could be something like that, but I just don't. I'm more into the spirits, ghosts, demons, angel aspect of, of it all. Um, some of my colleagues go into the cryptozoology uh, and, and all that other stuff that goes behind with it. You know, I back them 110% and I would do anything and everything to help them. I would never, ever tell anybody that what they believe is wrong. Never would I ever do that. So that is tonight's podcast episode on the Salem Witch Trials. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can go over to ParanormalInkOhio.com. That will take you to our Facebook page where you can see many more stories like these. Uh, we are live on Thursday and Friday nights at 10 p.m. And of course, Monday night at 10 p.m. is the podcast that drops every Monday night. And you can, like I said, you can head to ParanormalInkOhio.com, which will take you to the Facebook page. You can also join our group page, <clears throat> Paranormal Ink Ohio group page. You can see us on YouTube, Paranormal Ink Ohio. You can even see us on TikTok, Paranormal Ink Ohio. You heard it, guys. I know I said it about 10,000 times now. <clears throat> so I appreciate everybody's time. I hope you guys, <clears throat> sorry guys, had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I hope the rest of your week is fantastic. I will see you this Thursday night at 10 p.m. when we continue our 50 haunted states of America. We will be live Thursday at 10 p.m. and live Friday at 10 p.m. Um, I know I wasn't live last week because I was very sick and I wanted to do a special podcast episode tonight to kind of make up for that. So we did one on the Salem witch trials, which happened to be Massachusetts. So tonight we just, we just focused on Massachusetts. Again, hope you guys had a great, I hope you guys had a great time here. I hope you enjoyed the story and I, well, no, I almost said it again, guys. I almost said I'll see you in the next one, but you don't ever see me. You'll hear me in the next one. Thanks guys. Have a good night.